0: You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast
1: Network. Welcome back to the Testudo Times Limited Series Road to Atlanta podcast. We are back for episode two. And by the time this comes out, there will be just 12 days until Selection Sunday. This is March, guys. This is March. How's it feel?
0: Feels good. I'm I'm very excited. This weekend was such an awesome weekend for college basketball, and I know Maryland lost, but it was besides the loss, it was a great weekend for Maryland basketball. Game day was awesome, and the atmosphere was great, and you obviously want the result to be different if you're a Maryland fan, but it was still very cool to feel so nationally relevant, and I don't think that's the end of Maryland's national relevance this season. I think they're are a lot more big games to be played.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was just a great weekend for college basketball and a great week in general. I mean, we're going to get into all the teams that lost this week, but if this last week is anything close to what March is going to be like, I mean, we're going to be in for another crazy month, so I'm looking forward to it all.
1: Yeah, and there's been so many weeks like that, you know, throughout the season where you just have a ridiculous number of ranked teams lose, and I think that's, you know, I've been saying it all season, this is going to be one of the craziest, you know, March Madness tournaments we've ever had, and so... I'm really just excited to see it all unfold. It's kind of crazy that it's already here, Maryland, mm-hmm. with, you know, two games left in the regular season. It's definitely, you know, strange. It definitely kind of popped up on us.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's exciting, but it's also sad because I'm gonna miss the season, but yeah, excited for the last month. Yeah. And
1: so, you know, as you mentioned, Jordan, you know, Maryland wasn't able to pick up that result against Michigan State, losing that. They had the chance to claim the Big Ten, you know, championship with that game and weren't able to do so. Uh, If they win two more games, they'll be the outright champions. If they win Tuesday at Rutgers, which is when this will come out, uh, they'll claim uh, at least a share of it. Um, And they're right now projected as, you know, a two seed because there were so many of these, you know, ranked losses. So should we get into some of those first?
0: Let's do it.
1: All right. So what stands out to you the most from, you know, the teams that lost this week? There are a couple there were you know, five teams that lost two games this week
0: the team that stands out to me the most with their loss was Creighton. Creighton. And I say that because the opportunity was really there for them to jump up. They would have jumped past Maryland. They would have maybe jumped past Florida State. And they come out with an absolute dud at a far inferior St. John's team. And I think, you know, we've seen stuff like this all season, but I think it kind of for me, it just I was ready to, you know, say that they were a fringe final four team. And like for me, games like that, when the moment shines the brightest on the team, I think that just, you know, puts them more in the pretenders category for me. I mean that that was an impactful loss for me. And then also Baylor, I think we kind of saw their vulnerability. This is something that I hit on mm-hmm. last week. I said I thought that these last I said they're probably fine against Kansas State, which they were. They won. And then I said, TCU, I think it's TCU, Texas Tech, and uh, West Virginia. That's their final three, if I'm not mistaken. And I said, that's kind of a gauntlet. It's not Kansas, but it's some of the premier programs in the Big 12. And, you know, Jamie Dimon, he's – Jamie Dixon, excuse me. He is a great coach at TCU, and uh, he puts out a great game plan, and they beat Baylor. And I I wouldn't say I'm too surprised because I I thought that it could happen. You kind of have a little bit of a letdown after a big loss to Kansas. And, you know, Baylor's still a great team, still projected one seed, great chance to make the Final Four. But I think these next two games are going to be really interesting for them because if they slip up, you could see a spot open on the one line.
1: Yeah, so we're recording this Monday night, and they'll be playing uh, Texas Tech later tonight. So, you know, we won't know the result of that yet. But, I mean, if they were to lose these next two games to Texas Tech and West Virginia, you know, do they fall to a two-seed? Because I would think they might. I
0: think it depends on what happens in the Big 12 yeah. tournament. If they want, went and won the Big 12 tournament, even if they lost these last two games, they would still be one seed. I but mean, if,
1: let's say they, like, you know, lose you know in the big 12 championship or lose before that and then they lose these two like I think you would have to drop them to a two seed
0: yeah first of all I don't, I don't think I don't see them losing both these games this week maybe one I think they'll probably win both to I, be I honest agree. but you
2: don't see them losing either yeah, I think that I, I think I they'll think drop so. one of them uh, Texas Tech is really struggling and I mean obviously like the, the result of that game but
1: they always get weird ups like they always like have those like weird wins you know like Texas Tech is just such an unpredictable team
2: they are but like they just they suffered another bad loss this weekend which I can't they lost to Texas this weekend, I think at home, and that's just that's just a bad loss. Like I just Texas don't...
1: picked up two ranked wins this
2: week. Right, I don't think Texas Tech is trending in the right direction. The Baylor, it's like so. This is a big week for a lot of teams because a lot of rank, ranked teams lost, and you can slot Maryland into this category. You know, you have one week of the regular season before March. Are teams going to rise and like, oh, put those bad losses behind them, or are some teams going to continue their downfall? And I believe in <clears throat> Baylor's experienced roster and just the defense and togetherness they have. And I think they're going to go 2-0 and this week and we're going to forget all about it. But, I mean, if they do, like, worst case, they do lose two, yeah, then we're talking about them off the one line. But I think by the time this podcast is out, they will have taken care of Texas Tech. And
1: I'm more concerned about the West Virginia game, I think. You know, away at West Virginia. I feel like that could spell some trouble. Virginia Tech and, sorry, Virginia. West Virginia and Texas Tech are two teams, you know, both in that conference that are just, have had very up and down seasons and have looked really good at times and just really bad at other times. Um, But I could see that, you know, maybe happening because, you know, West Virginia has a lot at stake there. It could really help their seeding and, um, you know, a chance to exact some revenge there. So I could possibly see that happen. You know, it's a tough environment to play Mm -hmm. in at West Virginia. So I think that would be one of those two that I would see them more likely losing. Um, But I do have to point out, guys. On this last podcast, you know, I was saying I didn't think Duke was that creative team. Duke has now lost three of their last four, including two his past week to unranked teams. Virginia's ranked now, but, you know, to Wake Forest and Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they've lost three of their last four. They're just, they're four and four in quad one wins, I believe. And then, you know, most of their wins coming in quad three. I just, and they fall into a three seed in projections. I just want to say that, you know, I called that. You guys were like, it's not going to happen. I just want to say I called it.
2: Um. If you're a two seed though, I still don't think you want to see Duke. They remind me a lot of Maryland. They are super talented, um, great center, great point guard. They just fall behind in games early like the Terps do, and then try to come back. And I mean, I, I just think I still think they're super scary just because of the talent they have. I mean, they have three NBA guys starting in the in the lineup. They still have shooters. Like they're they're another team. Like I'm they're actually losing as we're recording this to NC State. But like, if they could start to write this ship. I, like, would believe in them again just because of their talent and they have a good point guard and a good center. Um, I just
1: don't think they have the – and I said this last week, I don't think they have the experience.
2: I'm less – I mean, I'm less – I believe them less now, but I wouldn't write them off yet even though they're really struggling. I just – they're so talented that, I mean, I just don't think a 2 seed would want to
0: see them. I'm not writing them off either. And I think that – I mean, I'm not
2: completely writing them off,
1: but I'm saying, like, I would love a Maryland Duke matchup. I think we all would. Like, it would just be electric.
0: I I love it for the history, but mm-hmm. if if I'm someone who wants Maryland to go the farthest, I don't want. You don't want, think Maryland don't... could
1: beat Duke?
0: No, I definitely think Maryland could beat Duke, and I also think Duke could beat Maryland. I, I that's not a matchup I want in the Sweet Sixteen. If I am saying I want Maryland to go the farthest in the tournament, Duke is dangerous. They're mm-hmm. one of the most talented teams in the country, mm-hmm. like Maryland. I I like your comparison, Brandon. Like I think that they're they are very similar to Maryland. It's it's just kind of. They're going through a rough patch right now. It happens with teams. Teams lose this year. It's it's a defi- very right. pop ranked high ranked teams lose, and Duke's going through a rough stretch right now. I think they'll be fine though. I think they'll they'll finish these uh, last couple games out fairly strong. I think they'll have a nice showing in the ACC tournament. Maybe they won't win, but I think they'll probably be in that Saturday championship matchup. But I I, I think that they have a good chance to still get back to that two line. A lot of basketball is left to be played. And we'll see, we'll see how they respond. I mean, you just can't count out Duke.
2: Exactly. Like They're talk- going to stay to three. I'm just going to call it right now. They're going to stay to Probably, three. Probably. I mean, but a lot of teams, like, so we talked about winners and losers of the week. Right. Um, Creighton's a good example. And then for me, like, I, I said Vill- Villanova, too, because all those teams on the two and three line this week, like Florida State, Maryland, Villanova, Creighton, Duke, like, all had opportunities for other teams losing. And Villanova... Really similar to Creighton, lost at Providence on Saturday morning. Um, Providence is a team that's actually playing really well. They won five ranked games this month and are turning a corner and like are going to be a dangerous double-digit. Seed. One of the
0: strongest resumes in the country.
2: Exactly, like especially I mean they faltered early in November, but like since January one they've actually been one of the better teams in the country. Um, so like Duke, like Creighton, you know Villanova lost that game that could have bumped them to the two line.
1: And Villanova, Villanova has a big game this week, which we'll get into, you know, against Seton Hall, mm-hmm. which will be big for them. I also think, you know, this week you have you've Michigan, um, which, you know, is still in the rankings at 25, but, you know, they lose to Wisconsin, lose to number 23, Ohio State, and it looked like they were starting to peak too, and then they have those two losses, which is interesting.
2: Yeah, the Ohio State, they were in it for a while, the Buckeyes made a run at the end, and then against Wisconsin, Eli Brooks didn't play, and I know Eli Brooks isn't like some profound superstar, but... Michigan's so short on depth. It'd be like for Maryland if, like, Eric Ayala was out. Like, just losing one rotation guy and losing, like, 30 minutes. Like, they really struggled there. I mean, it, again, Michigan's another team. Two two losses. They got to respond. Like, this is a huge week for so many teams. Michigan has to respond this week. For and it's such a big life. week
1: for the Big Ten With just, like, you know, there's we won't get into it too much because I don't think it's going to happen. But, like, there's a possibility of a six-way tie. Like, there's... Mm-hmm there's a lot at stake and you know another team from that same state that i think was my biggest winner of the week was michigan state i mean they come to maryland and pull off that huge win they looked incredible in that game and you know they also were able to get a win um against number 18 iowa
0: i i consider putting michigan state as my biggest winner and i i think what we saw from michigan state saturday night against maryland that's that's what everyone saw when they said, oh, this is the preseason number one ranked team in the country. Mm-hmm. Michigan State's supporting cast has been so inconsistent all season. And, I mean, that was just a game where everything went right for them. Rocket Watts was incredible. Malik Hall was great. Henry was good. Like, everything went right for Michigan State. And it's like, if the, if they're going to finish the season like that, that is not a team I want to see in a tournament. <laughs> that's That's a Final Four team. And you know John Rothstein likes to say January, February, Izzo, April, May, like this. <laughs> this is this is their time. This is Michigan State's March is is Izzo's month. And I it if they come out and ha, lay it lay some duds this week, like maybe Maryland game was a fluke. They have but, tough
1: games this week.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think we'll really learn a lot about Michigan State this week. That's not a. T- I don't want to see Maryland playing them again this season. Like they they are good. And yeah. they, everything, every time you thought in that Maryland game that Maryland was like, oh, they're creeping back in, it was like one step forward, two steps back from Maryland. Like they would just come in, and just with a gut punch, like Maryland would get it within nine, and it was just like they would just come back, hit a second chance three. It was mm-hmm. like everything just went so well for Michigan State, and I don't know if that's sustainable for them or not. Five or six from three, Cassius Winston. I don't know if that's sustainable. But I think that they looked awesome, and if they can keep that up, that's not a team I want to play against in March because uh, yeah. they're going to win.
1: And I think that's an interesting point. I mean, it was funny during um, Thomas's press conference. Someone like asked about that, like, "What is it about your team's to always peak in March?" And he says, "You know, well, people always say that to me. Does that just mean I'm a bad coach over <laughs> times?" But I mean, he did talk about how you know he has those freshmen coming into their own um, and kind of having that. And I think you know, like you said, it's what it's going to depend on. Um, because you can always just depend on, you know, Winston and Tillman, but it's going to be a matter of that supporting cast. And I think, you know, that's a team that went through a lot this season, just, you know, emotionally with a lot of different things going on. Izzo talked about how he had this talk with them um, about, you know, just finding someone else to play for besides themselves. And he thought that that really is starting to make the difference for this team and that it made a difference over this past week. So we'll see. I mean, they definitely you know, are a really good team. And like you said, this week is going to be big for them. I mean, just we'll obviously get into later a little bit, some of the, you know, games that are going to be key for Maryland fans to watch this week. But with Michigan State, they're playing Ohio State um, on Sunday, and then they're at Penn State um, tomorrow, Tuesday, when this comes out. So it's just, unfortunately for Maryland fans, it's the same time as Maryland's game. So you're going to have to kind of keep an eye on both at once. But I mean, those are two big games for Michigan State. Yeah, I mean... And for the Big Ten standings. If
2: if the, if the Big Ten is listening to this, can we spread out the games a little bit more? There's no Big Ten games tonight. Why not put Michigan State... I mean, maybe aside from some travel stuff or some...
1: No, I agree. Like,
2: for, but, like, why not put Michigan State, Penn State tonight? Have the eyes of the America on the Big Ten. Um, I'm not as totally in on Michigan State. I think we can get, the, get back to that later when we do buy or sell. Okay. But, Jordan, I want to hear your team... You thought it was the winner of the week. I think it was important to talk about them. Uh, Yeah, so if if,
0: if we want to get into our biggest winners and losers of the week, I'll preface this with when I was filling this out, like Lila and Brandon focus more on, you know, the top-tier teams. Mm -hmm. My biggest winners and losers, I focus on the bubble. So my biggest winner is UCLA. They have won seven in a row. They have completely turned their season around. They are in sole possession of first place in the Pac-12 right now. It's insane. They... Mick Cronin's awesome. I love Mick Cronin. I was shocked to see how bad they started this season. But, you know, I guess it's just kind of a first-year coach getting a system in place. They lose to Cal State Fullerton. People are saying Cronin should be fired. This isn't the right fit. What is wrong with UCLA? And now here they are. They've won seven in a row. They play a great game against Arizona. I, I just think that they're a team peaking at the right time. And... I think they're dangerous. I don't think you want to see them. If they, if they get into like the nine line, Like I don't think you want mm-hmm. If you're a one seed, I don't think you want to see them. I just think that they're playing so well. They play r- really great defense, and they're they just, just well-coached, disciplined. I, I'm just big on UCLA. And then going into my loser, I, I put it at a tie between Indiana and Rutgers. More so Rutgers, honestly, just from the stuff that I talked about last week with how – I mean, now you kind of see, if you look at bracketology, Rutgers is, you know, firmly on the bubble. And that's not something that had been the case all season. And they have a great chance. They're down, what, 21 at halftime to Penn State. Come Mm -hmm. all the way back. They have the lead. And then to lose the way that they did, I mean, that's just heartbreaking for Rutgers' team. And it's like, they, they got a tough, I mean, if they drop this one to Maryland and, they bow out of the Big Ten tournament early. It's like they're going to be hosting a first-round game of the NIT in Piscataway. Like yeah. I, I think that they they kind of blew their chance against Penn State. And, I mean, all this is irrelevant. If they beat Maryland, they're probably in the tournament. Mm-hmm. But if they lose, I think it's kind of an uphill battle for them. And then the same goes for Indiana, honestly. Indiana has an opportunity to steal uh, – a big road win yesterday against Mm -hmm. Illinois. They're playing them tough the whole game. They end up coming out with the loss. And Indiana, just, I don't know what their record is on the road, but they have not really won any road games this season. They got smacked by Purdue on Thursday, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I, I just think they're another team, like, they're firmly on the bubble. They're in right now. Both these teams are in right now, but it's like, if they don't play well this week and if they bow out of the Big Ten tournament early, they could be in the NIT, and I just I just think both these teams had really good opportunities this week. Indiana more so. I mean, like, they just handle their business against Purdue. Like, I don't think that they're in this conversation. They just lay a dud. They, they lost by double oh, digits that, that game. That game was terrible. Like, Indiana, yeah. Indi-
2: Indiana was atrocious that I, game.
0: I just don't know what – Indiana just really can't play on the road. And then they actually play well against Illinois but don't come out with the win. And I don't know. And it's, it's going to be a big two weeks for these two teams. And – I'm curious to see what happens. I think the Big Ten's been so good all this season. It's kind of been, you know, like cannibalizing itself. Mm-hmm. And I sh- I think that these two teams have been like the biggest victims of-, of that, especially as of late.
1: Right. And you talk about like, you know, the Big Ten cannibalizing itself. And I think we saw that in the AP poll for a lot of the season, but, you know, Today, the last poll of the regular season comes out, and you have eight ranked Big Ten teams, most all season. Uh, the previous before that was six. So, you know, in the AP poll
0: Wisconsin's Wisconsin finally week, getting Yeah, in.
1: Wisconsin. I thought that Wisconsin should be in for a while, quite frankly. Um, there was a little bit of a while back, that it just didn't make sense they were in. But, you know, Varen at 24, um, and then you've got uh, Michigan at 25, Illinois at 23, Penn State at 20 i ohio state at 19 iowa at 18 uh, michigan state at 16 and maryland at nine so it's kind of all that little like cluster towards the end but i think it says a lot that not only are there eight big 10 teams in but you look at maryland's losses every single one of those teams is ranked now every single one of them
0: uh we're just gonna talk about maryland's resume for a second like Seton Hall should have like the biggest asterisk next to it. That was like one of the worst games that they've played all season and that they didn't they didn't play against Miles Powell and they still lose. So it's like I that I don't know if you can really count that as like, oh, that wasn't that bad of a loss cuz that was an awful loss. But other than that, yeah, I mean, it's not like they have really any bad losses this season.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just the way the Big 10 is. Like I think it's good. And it's deep, but it's not elite. All those teams are ranked towards the middle or the bottom of the top 25, and I'm not sure how Because of
1: a cannibalistic effect, though. Like, imagine if they're in another conference. Is it going to be the same
2: story? See, I don't know, because I don't, like... We'll see in the tournament, but I don't trust a lot of those teams to win, to make the Sweet 16. I agree with you. Like, I don't, like... It's actually, like... And this is, like, part of the reason I think the Big Ten hasn't won a championship since 2000. It's a league with great coaches... And teams that bring back veteran guys like you look at like Wisconsin and Michigan State like they don't like pump out pros, but it's like Izzo and Bo Ryan for years had guys running their systems and doing their things, but they just kind of run into more talented teams, and that's why I actually think the Big East is a better league. Um, it's t- it's definitely been, it's definitely better at the top with Seton Hall at eight, Creighton at eleven, Villanova at fourteen. I mean Providence is fourth in their league, but like I think Providence since January one has been incredible. Um, Butler was really good for a stretch. You know, Marquette has the best player in the country and they're like... Or one of the best players in the country and they're like sixth in the league. I I just think that the Big Ten isn't super talented and a lot of those teams will win one tournament game, but I trust very few to win two. So which ones do you trust? Like, if
1: you're looking at this list right
2: now... I mean, Wisconsin, I actually cannot wrap my fingers around. They're not talented at all, but they've been on fire. Micah Potter. Since Kobe King left the team, they've been on fire. They've Which is been...
1: not what I expected at all.
0: Micah, I mean, Micah Potter had a hell of a game against Michigan, and so we talked about him last week. I just We're I, spot
1: on with fire predictions. Can I just say that? And after we recorded the episode, I think, um, who did I pick from Illinois.
2: Fraser Fraser. Yeah, he had
1: he a game winner, too. So I, I just want to say... Half-court shot. Half-court yeah. shot. Yeah, we're kind of, like, on, on fire with our <laughs> predictions right now. I just want to say.
2: I mean, Penn State has no guards. Like, it's hard... And you saw them blow that lead against Rutgers. That's hard for me to trust them. Illinois is, like, kind of on the 8-9 line right now. And they go cold for some stretches. Like, I, I think Michigan State can make the second weekend. Iowa just depends on the matchup because they don't guard. And then Michigan and Ohio State, like, those two teams are so Jekyll and Hyde. Like, I... I mean... What about your boy? Who, Io?
1: Yeah, what about your what about Illinois? I mean,
2: I, I like Illinois depending on the matchup, but they're probably gonna be in the eight or seven or eight line, so I don't think they're gonna knock off like a Gonzaga or a Dayton or you know what I mean, like or a Florida State. Like I think they could win one game maybe, but I just think like the Big Ten, like it's gonna get a lot of teams in. A lot of teams are good, like above average, but sweet sixteenth time, I'm not sure how many of them we'll see. And it you know, best league, it depends on it would, depends on what you value. There's no, like, real metric system to, to rank, you know, to, to, um, like, categorize it. But I think three Big East teams would have a legitimate shot at an Elite Eight, where I think Big Ten, like, maybe it's Maryland and Michigan State.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think in the, in the Big Ten, for Elite Eight, Final Four, uh, for me, it's only Maryland and Michigan State. And... You were high then, on
1: Iowa earlier this season. How are you feeling about Iowa right now?
0: I like Iowa. I think they could make a sweet sixteen given like I mean, it's like it's so tough to predict this stuff right now right. without, you know, actual paths that you can picture in your head like, Oh, they could beat this team. Like I don't know, like we could be looking at a scenario where Maryland has to play Virginia in the second round and I'm saying, I don't know if Maryland can survive that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it's really all matchup dependent. I like Wisconsin, I like Iowa. I don't see Penn State really making a run. I honestly, depending on a first-round matchup, I could see a big upset there. Illinois, I do like Brad Underwood. They've been kind of... Just got the extension. They have been kind of inconsistent. Ohio State and Michigan, I'm not really... I, I'm done with Michigan after that uh, Wisconsin loss, to be honest. I thought that was a really poor showing on your home floor. That,
2: that might come back to bite you Okay, on, but he, here's us, my thing
0: that. about... <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Here's
1: my thing about before I get into the teams that, like, I think could do it, here's my thing that's making me, like, curious about Ohio State and Michigan, right? So, like, those are the two teams that were really hot against good teams in non-conference play, right? And mm-hmm. then they get to the Big Ten and they struggle. So, it kind of leaves me wondering, you know, is that just a thing where the matchups are having the Big Ten and the talent of the Big Ten? Like, you know, look at a team like Michigan. Sure, it's earlier in the season, but, you know, they pick up a win at Creighton,
2: that was Reverse home. Creighton
1: Val's home. Sorry, um, you know they're able to pick up the win versus UNC. Obviously, isn't you know good, but they get a the win versus UNC versus Gonzaga. Um, they they lose at Louisville, but I mean, just some of those games make me wonder a little bit, I, and I'm not sure because they have been sliding a little bit. But you know, you look at that. You look at then Ohio State, a team that you know picked up a win against Villanova, um, picked up a win at UNC, picked up a win versus Kentucky. So my question is you know is are those teams able to play at that level or and is it just like you know struggles in the big 10 and how crazy the big 10 has been this year like i really am curious to see how those teams perform against other conferences because they had success doing so earlier in the
2: season well unc is last in the acc right now yeah, so no, no, i'm no. not sure i'm yeah. not i'm not saying UNC's <laughs> not an example i'm just like
1: <laughs> listing some of like ranked teams that they faced
2: um I think I have more confidence in Ohio. I actually think they're both like really well-coached teams. I respect John Howard a lot. I respect Chris Holman a lot. I just don't think either has like a ton of talent. Like Ohio State's guards are so limited sometimes, and it's like but if the w- Wesson brothers, like they're they're good, but like it's like they're solid. But I
1: mean, and if you have DJ Carton, like come back, his timeline is unclear. I don't if you think to-
0: I don't think you can count on that at all. Right. No,
2: I'm not
1: saying you can. Yeah.
2: But- and then Michigan, I-, I mean, like Xavier Simpson's. Good, but... And, and uh, Teske's kind of plateaued this year. I've been a little disappointed with Teske. He was really
1: good at the beginning of the season and just dropped plateaued. off. I mean... Like, you haven't really heard anything about him lately, and he no. was looking really good to start a season. It's like
2: Michigan needs He's guys... He's not like,
0: that skilled. I mean...
2: Michigan's like... It's like you're banking it. on guys like Eli Brooks and Brandon Johns and David Julius I would, I would
1: count on Ohio State more out of the two of those, I think.
2: I Yeah, I, I think so. But it's like it's like Ohio State's playing in round one in like a 5-12 matchup, and Caleb Wesson has two fouls in the first half. Like, I... You know, I don't
0: I don't see either of those teams surviving the first weekend. Really? Yeah. And I I honestly I think you could put Illinois at Penn State, like they I would be depending on matchup like I I worry about them surviving Il- the first Illinois weekend. Illinois goes
2: on. I I watch a lot of Illinois, it's my home state. Like when they play like really well and you have like Dosumu making shots and Kofi dominating inside they look really good, but in both Maryland games we've seen them go on long scoring droughts and like that doesn't just apply to Maryland games, like
1: they're also two and five against, you know, AP teams, which is a little concerning for a tournament.
2: Yeah, like and they've also they lost to Miami, they lost to Missouri, like that's why their seeds gonna be a little bit lower. Like they're they're another really high variance team and
1: that, And there's so many
2: of us in the Big Ten, it's crazy. E- exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean I think I agree with you both that I can definitely see Maryland and Michigan State getting to a sweet sixteen. I think Ohio State could be sneaky there but honestly it's even more you know making round of 32. I think one other team that you know could kind of sneak in there to a sweet 16 is Iowa. Um, they're seven and four against ranked teams which is the best record of any team in the Big Ten against ranked opponents mm-hmm. um, and you know if you have Luca Garza going and you have Wieskamp going and I, I think they could you know cause some trouble.
2: They're there another like super high variance team like they're ex- really explosive on offense and they possess the best player, like, one of the best players in the country. So, you know, like, yeah, like you said, when those guys are rolling, they're tough to stop. But defensively, they they don't get a lot of stops. And, like, it, you know, that that could come back to hurt you when you're playing first-round game. Like, some other team gets hot. Like, that stuff can come back to hurt you, too. So I just think, I think they're a high-variance team. And, Jordan, where are you on Iowa?
0: For me, like, I think I think you kind of know what you're going to get from Garza. Like, you're probably going to get 20 and 10 from him. Like at this point he's a national player of the I year. I mean, or probably. forty, but so many times he yeah. just
1: put up like close to forty.
0: Like for me it's it's all about the surrounding pieces. In particular, for me it's Wieskamp. Like I think like he has a game against Maryland. They beat Maryland by eighteen. He goes five of nine from the three point line. But then there's also games where he goes one of ten. And it's like he's so he's so good, but he's also so inconsistent. But it's if he gets hot in a tournament game, you know, against a higher seed, like that's a tough duo to stop, and they have Frederick, McCaffrey, Toussaint, like, it's a, it's a solid squad, and McCaffrey, Coach McCaffrey, say what you want about him, he's a solid coach, I think, like, they, they're a decent team, and I think they, it kind of just depends on the supporting pieces, like, you know what you're going to get from Garza, there isn't much, Garza had one of his worst games of the season when Maryland came here, and, like, he still finished with, like, I think it was double-double, like, 19-10, and 10, something like that, mm-hmm. like, he, he's he's so good, and it's, like, he can carry like he could carry them and in like a first round matchup where maybe the supporting cats doesn't play so well but it's like you get into games against better teams like they're gonna need more than garza and i just think like i keep harping on like it's so tough to talk about this stuff before you see the right. actual matchups and i think that's the case with a lot of these big 10 teams including maryland and including michigan state so it's like it just depends on who they're gonna play
1: so if you're looking at what Joe already put out today, right? And Iowa is a five seed, um, possibly having to face Creighton or Vermont if they were to beat Wichita State or Utah State, and then, you know, dealing with Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Florida. I mean, then I would maybe say, okay, I don't see them making a Sweet Sixteen. I think would
0: invade a different bracket. Creighton if that yeah. was, if that was, the I, case. Think, I think I mean
2: Creighton's a high offense. Creighton would run them out of the gym offensively. Yeah. I think. Um, going back to our winners of the week, if we can for a second to step away from the Big 10 one of my big winners largely because of the results around them was the Dayton Flyers i mean so tuesday they were at george mason or yeah george mason they they struggled them I mean, they were up the whole game but 2 to 4 didn't really shoot well they pulled it out then friday night they're home espn national eyes on them and they they just they rolled i mean they missed one shot from inside the three-point line for an entire game. That, that
1: was ridiculous. That's
2: incredible. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't care who you're playing. To miss one shot from inside the two-point line is crazy. So, they took care of their business 2-0. Meanwhile, the teams below them, like I said, Florida State, Maryland, Creighton, Villanova, Duke, all five of those teams, like, around them for seating lost.
1: And they have the highest ranking in school history today, I believe.
2: At yes. Three. And game day is coming there next week, for what it's worth. But, yeah, like, all these teams below them lost. So... They're certainly solidified in the two line now, and I think there's now like a div- like there's five teams. And I
1: think they're next up for a one seed. Yes,
2: and, yes, and I think not only that, but like, I mean, Maryland-St. Hall would have to run the table against tough schedules to jump them. Like, Dayton is really unless just- unless
1: Maryland wins out like entirely the rest of the way, I think it could yeah. jump Dayton.
2: Yeah, So like, I was like, I think Maryland. If Maryland-St. Hall went out, they could jump Dayton. But like right now, like I think there's just li- five teams that could get a one seed, and Dayton is firmly in that group and separated themselves just by results. So I
0: I see Dayton as a one seed. I think that someone will fall off of it, whether it's like San Diego State or... I mean, I I really like Dayton. I think that they're primed for a big run. Talked about it last week. It's all about... In March, it's all about your dominant players. No one... Few are more dominant than Obi Toppin, and I just think that's going to be hard for teams to stop. And... I just just think that they're an awesome team that has a really good chance to be in Atlanta.
1: I mean, if you're looking at, like, between San Diego State and Dayton, I mean, it's only a one-loss difference. And, you know, Dayton plays a much stronger schedule. I think it's more quality wins. So Mm -hmm. I would take Dayton there. But, I mean, you and I have been talking about this. I think a possibility for an upset could be Dayton at Rhode Island. I know that that Dayton blew out Rhode Island earlier of the season, but Rhode Island has a lot on the line. They're on the bubble. Um and I think that could be interesting.
0: I don't see it. Yeah, I mean like Dayton's had some
1: anything pl- can happen this season, guys. That's yeah. gonna be my like just like crazy pick this week.
2: Anything can happen, but Dayton hasn't lost yeah. in Exactly hasn't lost though. since December twenty first. Exactly. They haven't, and they haven't lost in regulation since last season um but
1: exactly like i I feel like at some point it's gonna catch up to you
2: i I don't think
0: rhode island's the team i mean
2: and like rhode island is desperate but i do think dayton like shows up for these bigger games if you like notice their schedule like oh st louis on like a friday night when like on like a minor network like it's a close game or like um richmond like nobody's watching but i'm telling you like i think in their locker i'm like okay like they, they get up for the bigger games and this is a bigger game i think they'll take care of rhode island on wednesday
1: all right and then looking at some other games that people should keep an eye on for this week of this list that we have right here what are some games that you think could so basically we have a list right here of key games to watch and also games to keep an eye on if you're a maryland fan out there and you know because as we mentioned maryland is just one game ahead in the Big Ten standings, and a lot of games this week are, you know, going to decide what's going to happen and if Maryland can, you know, get it out right, if, if they're, uh, you know, sharing. So, mm-hmm. and in addition to that, there's a lot of games that could affect Maryland's seeding outside of the Big Ten.
0: I mean, for me, a team that's comparable to Maryland, like, seed line, record, you know, just a lot of similarities. Seton Hall, they have a huge week. Villanova. Huge. And Creighton. It's like, if, if Seton Hall handles their business, like, they're firmly ahead of Maryland, in my opinion. Even mm-hmm. if Maryland wins both these games, like, to to beat Villanova and Creighton this week, like, I feel like that pretty much sets them up nicely to be, like, that top one or two, like, the, the like, five or six <laughs> overall. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if they went one and one, like, Maryland's probably, you know, in the same boat as them still. But if they win both these games, like, they're, they, I think they're firmly ahead of Maryland, especially given that, Beat Maryland without Miles Powell, so I I think this is a seat. What Seton Hall does is like big for Maryland, I'd say mm-hmm. in terms of seating. Also, Kentucky plays at Florida. I think that that factors into Maryland a little bit, but I th- those those are the most uh, glaring to me.
1: I think for me, um, Seton Hall was a big one too. I mean, and for Maryland, like if Seton Hall loses one or both of that, those games, it would solidify Maryland ahead of them because they're already one win ahead of them. Um, so I think that would be big, and I think if you look well, at...
0: Remember, Seton Hall has the head-to-head, though. Just right, saying. I get it's that, important. but if you
1: look at, like, Seton Hall's losses, right? Like, I don't think that well, they're...
2: Seton Hall's resume is hard to evaluate because they lost at Iowa State when Iowa State had Tyrese Halliburton, and they didn't have Sandro mamuchel Then Rutgers' pile goes down that game. Like, I I, I. Really but then, like, want... they lose a Xavier um they lose at providence i, I like a, a lot I, of hey, these hey, biggies teams are, have are, losses
0: against providence, yeah,
2: providence. No, that's true hey, providence after january one is really good i'm not at providence i'm not holding that against them I, but i do like i think sean hall's resume is the most confusing because i think they have the second most quad one and quad two wins after kansas and like they just have guys going in and out of the lineup all season so it's like how do you evaluate the losses and like not only, like, like, Miles Powell, like, played, like, half a game, and, like, Mamou was really played like court. Like, I don't know how they're going to evaluate that. I mean, I think Sean Hall should be ahead of Maryland right now, which Lenardi had him, but, again, yeah, like like Joran said.
1: Well, that's why I'm saying it's a big game for Maryland fans to watch because, you know, Seton Hall loses one of those, and then you see what happens with the conference tournaments and things like that. I mean, that can have big implications on that seating right there. And they're both, you know, teams that are from the East, so, you mm-hmm. know, they would be looking at, one in kind of a similar location, so that's a big thing as well.
2: Absolutely, no, yeah, I agree. That's that's a huge game uh, for Maryland fans. I guess the one I'm picking. Um, well, I mean, Maryland has to has to take care of business, business at Rutgers. Yeah, I'm saying Thursday. outside of yeah. Maryland's games. I, I, and um, I yeah, I think Seton Hall is huge. Kentucky of Florida. I do kind of touch on it, Jordan, but Kentucky's been on the rise. They've been really hot. Quietly. Um, and Florida, like, is team started slowly. A lot of people wrote them off, but they have talent. I mean,
0: they talked about it on game day. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see them if I'm a high seed. No, I
2: mean, Kerry Blackshear, a has tournament experience, but B is just like a veteran, poised front court player. Andrew Nemhard's a smart point guard. They got shooting with Trey Mann and Noah Locke and Scotty
0: Lewis is an NBA type wing. So,
1: and this has to be a team with a chip on its back too. After you know being ranked high in the preseason, kind of having this fall and now, trying to rise back up. Yeah, it's
0: kind of similar to Michigan State to like a lesser degree. they they're fall has been worse than michigan state and the expectations weren't quite as hot similar but also different but i think that like they they're not a team that you want to see i think this is going to be a really tough match for kentucky and i think that this could be one that they lose honestly mm-hmm. yeah i'm high on kentucky I but i do think they struggled with them at rup it was a week or two ago and this is going to be in florida the place is going to be rocking they need a quality win so i if I, if i'm saying who's going to win like Probably leaning Florida right now, but I'd be really impressed if Kentucky won this game. Like Kentucky's been taking care of business; they've looked good. They looked good against Auburn, but like if if they were to win this game on the road, I, I'd I'd be really impressed with what Kentucky's done. And I think that they'd be going into March really on a nice roll.
2: Absolutely right, and that's Saturday at one PM. Yeah, Saturday at one PM. So if, I mean, if you're not gonna be following along with my coverage, feel free to. Watch that game on CBS.
1: (laughs) And I think, you know, in terms of the Big Ten standings, there's a lot of really important games this week that aren't Maryland's games. We mentioned Michigan State at Penn State and then against Ohio State. Both of those are really big because right now you have Michigan State, Illinois, and Wisconsin right on Maryland's tail all one game back.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So, you know, if Maryland is only able to win one game or somehow can't win both, you know, those are, you know, games that could have an impact and then you know Illinois is at Ohio State you would want Ohio State if you are a Maryland fan to win that game to you know continue to keep uh Illinois at bay so you know there are definitely some games there to keep an eye on because i mean so much could change from a big 10 this week with just like the matchups that are going down and just how close yeah. everything is i mean it's ridiculous how close this all is still
0: it's yeah. Maryland's conference to lose i mean yeah. if Maryland they've got to secure it at this is this i mean this week i think is the most pivotal week of the Mark Turgeon era. Well, I that's mean, a big statement. I no, think no that, but
1: I see it because so many... I, know, I, don't, say dis- I don't disagree, I'll, I'll okay, don't disagree but that's
2: disagree. But that's. I just statement. say it
0: because March, you, you, Mark Turgeon kind of put to bed these critics for much of this season, the people, the fire Turgeon crowd, and he kind of had them to bed. And, you know, after the dud performance on game day, I'm walking out of the arena and I hear multiple people say, fire, turgeon, this is the same old, same old, Everyone whatever. Everyone overreacts. Everyone, for Maryland, I mean, that's a different story, how <laughs> Maryland's fan base <laughs> is just overreacts to everything. But I think that he, he, if he wins both these games this week, I think you can, you know, declaratively say, this Maryland team is different than Maryland teams in the past. And if they don't, I think you can kind of, you know, I think you can lean more to say, is this the same old, same old, is this a team that is going to struggle in the NCAA tournament? But I, th- I think this week is pivotal for him. You can win the Big Ten regular season. I think that that kind of, you know, solidifies Maryland in that Final Four contention group. If they can't, if they lose one or two of these games, I think that, you know, it makes Maryland a little more vulnerable and kind of, you know, just brings out those narratives of, Same old Mark Turgeon team, can't win the big game, can't finish the season. I mean, Maryland historically has really struggled in February and March in the Mark Turgeon era. And kind of getting a slight hint of it right now at the end of February going into March. Let's see how he writes the ship in the face of adversity. I personally think that they do write the ship and win the Big Ten regular season. But I've been wrong before about Maryland, so... We'll see what happens. I think just like Minnesota last week, this Rutgers game is just going to be absolutely massive. Rutgers has so much on the line, as does Maryland, and only one team has won at the rack this season, so gonna be a crazy game.
1: I mean, yeah, you hit on everything really But I was gonna say. It's it's that trend of Maryland of, you know, look at, um, you know, 2015-16, right? Look at that team, and, you know, they really slide in, in February and March, and, and it hurts their seating. It you know, then they have to, you know, face Kansas and and the Sweet 16, and that's, you know, a match that's just really tough for them. They obviously lose that game. So, I mean, I think that's true. I mean, Mark Turgeon, I think, has really made some incredible adjustments on defense and other things this year, but then you have a game that kind of worries people against Michigan State, where there's just kind of a lack of defensive adjustments, and it seems like Maryland has had struggles on defense over the past few games that really they haven't had all season. That's really been their strong suit. So this week is especially important for that to, you know, solidify this championship, get Maryland's first since, you know, 2010, which is huge if they can win both games to get the first outright since 2002. Um, I, I completely agree. This is a huge week for Maryland, and, you know, that's a big momentum decider going into the tournament as well.
0: I mean, this is, this is where Turgeon, you know, really – solidifies what he's done on Maryland so far. I mean, it's like, they win the Big Ten regular season, you likely see a contract extension, you see... You might
1: see Big Ten Coach of the Year.
0: Like, there's there's a... I, I don't think Big Ten Coach of the Year, I honestly but I have think no
1: clue who's going to get it at Greg, this Greg, I think
2: Greg Gard's ran away with it, Wisconsin. I mean,
0: Chambers. You
1: think so? Chambers.
2: Chambers?
0: It's uh, tough this year wow. because it's such
1: a close league. Like, it's hard to say who would get it.
0: There's, think- a, there's a lot of guys in contention. Yeah. We can... We can touch on this another time, but I just yeah. think I just think this is such a big week for Mark Turgeon, and I think... 100%. I think that if old trends hold true, like Maryland probably splits this week or loses both, but, you know, this team has felt different all season long. You can point to so many different games to talk about that at Michigan State, at Minnesota. There's so many examples of this team doesn't feel like the same old Mark Turgeon, Maryland team. So I think that this, he can continue to, you know, go on that path if they win both these games this week, win the Big Ten tournament, but it could also, you know, regress to the mean.
1: I don't think that they'll lose both games. I mean, I would think they would at least win the home game. I I would
0: hope they'd have You would hope that
2: this team doesn't lose I mean, the Rutgers
1: is the concern for me. I think that they can easily beat Michigan at at home. I I do.
2: Especially, I mean, I'll get into this more in Buy or Sell. It's going
1: to be Ants Senior Day. I, f- I feel like that's going to give them some fire.
0: Yeah. Um, let's get into Buy or Sell. Let's
2: get into Buy or Sell. Okay. Um,
0: you, you kick it off. You want me to kick it off? So, the team I'm
2: buying, I touched, I touched them earlier as a loser, but, you know, the stock market, you want to buy when the price is a little <laughs> lower than it should be. That's that's how stock markets <laughs> work. So, I'm going to buy Villanova. Um, They lost at Providence, which, like I said, I don't think is a bad loss, and... They were really struggling early February. They dropped three straight games to Creighton, Butler, and Seton Hall. Not horrible losses, but since then they've rallied off. Of, they rallied off five straight wins and have put themselves firmly in that two seed or three seed um, like group. I actually think when you watch them play, it's really visually appear- appealing basketball. It's the kind of team that Jay Wright has won with before. You've got a veteran point guard in Colin Gillespie, who just has gotten way better since the beginning of the season. Sadiq Bey is an NBA first-round pick and is shooting 45% from three, which is which is incredible for how many he shoots. Um, then you have size inside with Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Jermaine Samuels is their glue guy, Justin Moore can hit shots as well. I just think this is a team, and this is a coach that has won two national championships in the past four or five years, and while this team isn't as talented as the Jalen Brunson-Dante uh, DiVincenzo team, neither is the rest of the sport, so... I'm going to bet on a team with a veteran point guard, NBA talent, and a a really good coach. And a coach with the
1: best dress game in college basketball, in my opinion.
2: Oh, I I mean, Jay Wright, I mean...
1: I've heard that he, like, buys his team suits as soon as they get to campus. Like, they get fitted for suits.
2: Does the NCAA NCAA know about this? (laughs) Um,
1: No, like, it's part of their stipend or something. Like, I don't know. That's what I've heard.
2: Um, yeah. That's so how, bu- how
1: it gets recruits, you know? They'll, they'll learn to dress and style if they go and play for Jay Wright.
2: I'm buying Villanova, <laughs> and I hate to say it, but, I mean, right now, I'm selling Maryland. They, the past week, they've not been good. I mean, they were a Daryl Morsell, NBA three, and a lot of Minnesota missed free throws from going 0-3 this week. You touched that before, like, Turgeon just doesn't have the, and like, I don't think he's a, a bad coach, but like, his team just haven't succeeded in February or March, and I mean, you touched on how big this week is, and if they can, if they can like split this week, like if they can at least like look good on Sunday, I'll be a little bit more of a believer. But they're just on a slide right now. These past three games, I haven't seen anything from them that was like the team in like the early, early February, late January that was on a roll. So, but
1: I think that's why they're going to bounce back. Is like they realize that
0: one one counterpoint why you, you mean why did they realize that Saturday I mean why, I think the moment
1: got too big Saturday if I'm being completely honest with you the
2: moment's big in the NCAA tournament I mean
1: that, that's fair I, I don't know Saturday was weird
0: why I think it's premature to put Maryland in the sell category why I didn't do it it was because I don't count the first half against Minnesota was like with Jalen Smith those three fouls was like the craziest thing I've like ever he didn't seen. Play. I am not someone who is like, oh, the refs think, like that. Mm-hmm. But those were some of the craziest foul calls <laughs> I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I'm the and, same way.
0: And I think that that kind of like puts Maryland in a hole. And you see like how they played in the second half, how Jalen played in the second half against arguably the best big in the uh, conference. Again, we'll to that later, in Oturu. But I think that like that's why I, I think it's a little premature. They lose to Rutgers and Michigan next week, totally sell or even one maybe they're sell depending on how they look, but I think I kind of throw out the Minnesota game. I think that that's that was a weird game. We said wacky things happen at the well, also barn. Just- they did.
1: Seventeen point comeback motion is, I think, is a quality of a championship team.
2: Why are you giving five hundred teams seventeen point leads? That's not a quality of a championship team.
1: He just explained part of the issue. Uh, yes, but Jaylen I also
0: Jalen Smith didn't play They, that also, half. they also shot like thirty percent from the field in that first half, and obviously they're led up forty-seven points. Like that's not all Jalen Smith, but just for me, it doesn't hold as much weight just because of how Jalen Smith picked up those fouls.
2: That, that's fair, but I mean, just from a stock perspective, their stock's like still relatively high and if I don't believe in them, again, this is all like hypothetical yeah. Wall Street Nonsense.
1: See, I wasn't taking this as much of like a Wall Street (laughs) angle, but you seem to have really, you know, gotten into this.
2: (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, Lila, who's your buy and your sell this week?
1: Uh, My buy is Michigan State. We talked about this a little bit before. It seems like they're really trending upwards. Tom Izzo is a phenomenal coach, and he, you know, is always able to get his guys in the right shape. Come this time of year, his guys are streaking at the right time. I think Cassius Winston is back and. uh, you know, he was going through a rough patch, not scoring, but just like emotionally. And, you mm-hmm. know, obviously nothing gets nothing him from that. It was horrible what happened. But like, I feel like he's getting back to himself and, you know, finding that new normal. And, you know, Xavier Tillman just had, now Xavier Tillman Sr. just had a son. He now has a whole new level of motivation for him. And you saw that those, you know, freshmen and role players really come alive against Maryland in some of these past games this past week. And I just think that, with his coaching and, you know, the experience that this team has in mm-hmm. those two leaders, which I'll get into later, I I, I would buy them. Um, in terms of selling, I'm going to go with BYU. They got a lot of hype for that win over Gonzaga, but you have to remember, I mean, the same issues we talk about with Gonzaga being in a weak conference, those are the same issues for BYU, and that's, you know, a conference that, you know, they're not even ahead in. So, I mean, they're second place in, but, you know, I just don't think that they have been through a tough uh, strength of schedule um enough to you know really be able to make an impact in the tournament i don't think they have the tournament experience either to really you know mm-hmm. go far
2: i do like B- byu is two of the best like every matchup byu is yoli childs and tj haws and like it's always good to have like two of the best players on the court but i agree like their their schedules have been like super tough so when you're faced with adversity like a super like like if they were if they are playing like providence in round one like providence is a ton of athletes and in sp- inside or in speed like I don't know how they'd handle that. So, I can agree with you on that. Jordan, where are you on the buy or sell market?
0: I I didn't want to do this because... Well, I, I don't like to pick what other people pick right. when we're talking about this, but I did have Michigan State as my it's okay, buy. It's your mind minds think alike. No I, I, no, I like Michigan State a lot, but like, I, I felt weird picking them. Like I don't know. It's just... It's a, I don't know. I I do think that they're like firmly in the buy category. They like need to show me more though. I'd Mm -hmm. say like, I need to see more out of this supporting cast. We touched on Michigan state a lot on this podcast. So I don't want to get too much more into it, into it, but like they, they're a team that can make a run to me. That's why I picked them. Great guard play with Winston. You got Tillman. That's their dynamic duo. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about dynamic duos here and then coaching with Izzo. I just don't think you can count him out ever. That's not a team I want to see in my bracket. If I'm a – whatever seed they end up being, if they're a five seed, if you're the four seed with them, I don't, I don't like that. If they're the four seed and you're the five seed, I don't like that. Whatever. I don't want to see them in my bracket at all. I think that they are just so good this time of year, and I think that they – will make a run.
2: Can I can I give my anti-Michigan State case and like I don't like I'm not going to like pick them to lose round 1 probably, but I just last year like the role players like Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins, like spot- Kenny Goins,
1: such an underrated player, former walk on. I love that kid. Can I say I love that kid?
2: I think they were spot-up shooters that complemented Winston perfectly, and a big reason Michigan State won uh, Saturday as we discussed was Rocket Watts and Malik Hall. But I mean Watts is shooting 27% from 3. Over like over a season length, that's not like I don't like. He had a great game Saturday night, but I don't know if that's gonna like just translate. And Malik Hall is averaging four points and had fifteen on Saturday night. Like, I don't know if you can get that production out of those guys for that amount of games in the tournament, and that's why I'm a little skeptical. I mean, I, I'm not like selling them. I just like that's that's what's holding me back. I, I, that's, a no, I think that's fair. That's why back.
0: that's why I didn't like want to put them in the buy category, mm-hmm. but I just I didn't see anyone else who. I thought deserved, they had the best week last week. at anyway. That was kind of my angle so as well. It's like, it's like, I didn't, like, for all those reasons, that's why I'm hesitant with them. But at the same time, like, they had the best week. So it's like, I kind of felt I needed to put them. And then my cell, probably a little late on this, honestly, is the Auburn Tigers. I'm a big Bruce Pearl fan, but like, they just had a lot of bad losses this year. And I mm-hmm. think that they're just like a team that's like primed for a first-round upset. I like Isaac Akuro a lot. I think that they're a solid team, but it's just like, they don't seem to really rise to the moment. And I think that they're probably a first weekend bounce team. Struggled this weekend against Kentucky. Have recent losses to Missouri and Georgia. Those are really bad losses. Georgia is awful. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they're, they quite frankly, I'm surprised they're so bad. But they're awful. Missouri is not good. Like, it's they're... They have stro. I mean, they're in second place in the SEC, but it's like they lose those types of games. I mean, that's a. If you're a team that's going to go into the second weekend, you kind of need to be dominating those Georgia and Missouri type games. Mm-hmm. They just don't really do it for me. That's why I sell them.
1: One team I would add to sell that like is a shame. I would have to put them on sell. It's kind of just because of injury. Um, a team that you know I've liked all season, but I think this is really going to hurt them is is Oregon. Um, you know, they've Chris, Chris Dorte, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, you know, he has a broken finger and his timetable is uncertain. We really don't know when he's going to come back and he's a huge part of our team, you know, averaging 12.9 points, 5.6 rebounds per game. And, you know, he just shoots it so well from deep. Um, I believe he's shooting like over 47% or something like that Mm -hmm. from deep, um, and so I think not having him could be a really big issue for them uh, moving forward and just the uncertainty of not knowing when he's going to be back. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a kid. Sorry, I was thinking of someone else who shot 47%, but he shoots, you know, 41.4% from the field. It's, that's still damn 30, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's 33.6% um, from three, you know, 5.6 rebounds and 12.9 points, 30.1 minutes, um, you know, so that's... And 1.7 steals. He leads the team in steals. So, like, that's a huge chunk of your team that you're missing and it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that but I think that that could hurt them depending on how long he is out
2: yeah I'm kind of waiting on Oregon like I've had I've been up and down with them all season and, and
1: it's hard because they play so late that it's hard for us to really you know see that much of them
2: and just well they just like have a lot of weird results and like you want to try like Peyton Pritchard is one of the best guards in the country so, you, so want to tr- you want to trust them but and Dane Altman is another good merge coach but yeah they have some weird results that's a team I'm keeping my eye on going forward
1: I mean, yeah, but injury is really going to dictate a lot. Yeah, and how and how Peyton Pritchard steps it up too, because you've seen him at this time of year before, just take it to a completely other level and completely carry the team. So,
2: oh, against I think they played Arizona one or two weeks ago, and you know him and Nico Mannion's a great point guard battle. That was a great game. Oh, I mean, he, what was do you guys that. think of Arizona? Uh, I so I actually watched them this week. They played USC on Thursday night, and. It was probably one of like the three worst basketball games I've seen this year. <laughs> it's up there with like Northwestern. Pitt. Buzzer
0: beater at half court. What yes. about
1: the, uh, the Northwestern Nebraska game where you have like twenty two? I, I see. I, I, I didn't. I didn't sit through that
2: one. <laughs> you but didn't make yourself sit I, through Arizona, that. Arizona, like you, they clearly have talented guys: Nico, Josh Green, and Zeke Naji. But their class you know, you, you you let you say it yourself. Like you need to have some upperclassmen. They just don't have any. Their offense looks stagnant. Nico looks tired. I think they're putting a lot. of, Like it's a lot of wear and tear on him. I'm not a and Sean Miller doesn't have the best rap in March, so I'm not huge on Arizona right UCLA now. UCLA
0: also beat them this weekend. Like, mm-hmm. I,
2: they they choke that one away too. Yeah,
0: the yeah. Miller gets fired or uh, thrown out. Like, that's just you can't lose your composure like that in a big game. I just, I I agree. I don't I don't think they really have that it factor to make it mm-hmm. past the first weekend. They're fine. Mannion's great, but it's like what else. Yeah, they
1: have. Yeah, I mean, one thing I think that's interesting is you see, like, before the college basketball preseason, everyone hypes up these team of all these freshmen, you know? These talented freshmen. Look at UNC. Um, You know, Duke has kind of lived up to it at times, but, I mean, especially like a team like UNC, a team like Arizona, a team like Memphis, right, where you're, you know, having... No, no, Memphis, there's an asterisk. (laughs) I know. I know. But I'm saying, like, it's just this, this consistent thing year in and year out. I mean, and look at the two teams that made the championship last year. It's teams of experience and senior leadership. And so I think Arizona is a classic example of a team that was just hyped up so much because of recruits they brought in, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really factored in the, you know, the fact that you don't have that leadership then, you know, because down the stretch, a college basketball season is a long season and you got to have those guys in that locker room. And I think that a lot of times in preseason, people underestimate that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Arizona, I think Arizona was like fifth, like like 15 to 20 and like they've, they were there at one point and they've fallen off and... Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm disappointed in them because I'm a huge Nico Mannion fan, so like it it just dis- it's disappointing to see them this way. But I yeah, like you said, can't trust them in March right now.
0: Shall we get into our duos?
2: Yeah, that's good.
0: That's... I, I
1: feel bad that we're talking about Michigan State so much. I might switch mine up, but I just think they're so good.
0: <laughs> I can I can kick it off then if you if you want some time to think.
1: I I, I have a specific one in mind. I think I'm gonna bring it up just because we've talked about Catches Winston and Xavier Tillman enough.
0: <laughs> All right, so for me this might be a surprise because they're not that good of a team, but for me, the best duo, we're excluding the Jalen Smith, uh, Anthony Cowan duo, but for me, it's Minnesota. And I don't i don't know but with Marcus Carr and Daniel Arturo, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the percentage would be, but I would love to see, like, the percentage of points scored by those two compared to the rest of the team this season. I would have to be, it's like, mm-hmm. I would have to think it's a, crazy figure I mean Oturo is probably the best him and Jalen and Garza are like the three best players in the conference probably like I mean Winston as well I mean they're three best bigs yeah three best bigs. I meant to say but like Oturo is just awesome 20.2 points per game 11.4 rebounds 2.6 blocks I mean you saw it against Maryland he was absolutely dominant and I just think, I feel bad for those two guys. It's like the supporting <laughs> cast around them is just so bad. And like, if they were on just a decent team, like, or if they just had a decent supporting cast around them, like Minnesota is like a team I, I would think could go on a run. And I think you kind of see that with all their close losses this year. It's like, they just don't have enough around those two guys. But I think that those, I mean, is a great player as well. And I just think that they're an awesome duo that, you know, maybe he doesn't get as much attention as they should just because they have struggled a bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those two guys are probably going to make, like, all big – like, they're going to be one of the few teams with two guys on all Big Ten teams and, like
0: – A losing record.
2: And, yeah, exactly. Like, um, all, you know, a lot of these winning teams, like, won't get two guys, and and they will. Uh, for me, I was split between – I was split between two duos – one is the Kansas duo of Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azabuke.
0: They were in it for me as well. They were in
1: it for me and I'll tell you my issue if you explain.
2: Um, but I, I decided not to go with them because I'm a Dayton homer and Dayton has the player of the year one of the players of the year in Obi Toppin and a star point guard in Jalen Crutcher. So I'm... I want to
1: hear more about Crutcher because I feel like we talk about Obi Toppin a lot and I feel like a lot of people don't know about Crutcher. Uh,
2: Crutcher yeah, Crutcher flies really underrated because of all the Toppin love. I mean He's averaging fourteen point eight points and five assists, shooting forty one percent from three. Um, he's also in, late in games. He's been huge in the Kansas game. He had a couple huge shots down the stretch to keep them in it.
0: Was it him in the St. Louis game?
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, he's down the stretch. He's what he might be the guy you want to the ball in your hands. Um, so I mean, like when you have those two guys on your team, like that's why I don't worry about Dayton getting upset as much because they go into every game with like probably the two best players on the court. And that's why, to me, it's like not your typical mid-major because they have two of the best guys in the court. Um, I mean, they're both going to be first-team All-Atlantic 10. Crutcher would be player of the year if Obi Toppin was in this conference. So for me, um, I went with Obi Toppin and, and Jalen Crutcher, but I looked hard at Dotson and Azabuke. Lila, you're you're not as much on the Dotson and Azabuke train?
1: So, like, I was big on them, and then I kind of looked at their three-point numbers, mm-hmm. um, and they just weren't there. Mm-hmm. And so Val is kind of my concern.
2: It's not... Dotson actually scores most of his points around the rim. So it's not like it's yeah. your classic, like, yeah. outside-inside right. duo. But in terms of a point guard and center, it's it's good. But yeah, you're right. Dotson doesn't score on the rim, and Azebueke does nothing but dunk, really.
1: I am um, surprised at myself that I'm going with this. But I think that I've touched on some of the duos I like already on other teams. With, like, you know, Oregon, Michigan State. And I want to bring, mm-hmm. like, another team into the fold. Um, it's a team that I typically always go against, but I do like these two guys a lot. So I'm going to go with Emmanuel Quickly, a uh, local Maryland guy and Nick Richards on uh, Kentucky. You have Emmanuel Quickly who's, you know, scoring 16.3 points per game, 4.3 rebounds. He's shooting 41.6 from the field and 42% um, from three-point range. And he's shooting 92% from three-for-a-line, um, which I think can't be understated. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have Nick Richards... And, you know, Emmanuel Quickly is a sophomore, Nick Richards is a junior, Um, so they're not your typical, like, Kentucky, like, you know, star freshman. They've been there, Mm -hmm. they've developed. Um, Nick Richard is, uh, he's putting up 13.9 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, um, and 2.2 blocks per game, and then he's shooting 66.5% from the field, um, which is pretty staggering. And so, uh, those are gonna have to be my two guys for me you know Tyrese Maxey on that team is good too Hagen's is good but I think those two guys are those you know big like you know see not senior but like older leaders for them and just those numbers are really impressive I mean you want Emmanuel quickly on the line in a late game situation if you know you're in a late game and you're looking to foul someone like you put them on the line late and you know you know what you're going to get and you're getting that from three and then you just so much consistency from Richards um, so I think that's who I would go with
2: yeah no that's that's a great duo, and like you said, Maxie is the third guy. That's you know Jordan was like probably the first one of us three to really buy into them, and I think that's why you were so high on them.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we I'm wanted... not fully
1: buying in yet. I'm just I'm just saying like they're they good that's, that's fair.
0: I can continue the conversation if we want to transition into our updated Final Four picks. You know, I don't I don't, I, don't, I like saying a Final Four prediction, but the thing I don't like about it is not... something I've harped on is like you don't see the yeah. matchups yet, and it's like I was looking at Bracketology, and I think like oh yeah, you got to go buy. Bracket. I think like. I, I didn't go by the bracket. I kind of just picked my four favorite teams right now, like four Ooh, yeah, teams, four right teams now. that I think, yeah. Like right. if you look at Lenardi's bracket, like I'm pretty sure two of these, like all four of the, like it would be impossible for the four teams that I say to make the final four based mm-hmm. off of like Lenardi's latest bracket. But my four teams are Kansas, Seton Hall, Kentucky, and Dayton. And so you took Maryland out. I took Maryland out just because I, more so because I think Dayton deserved to be in instead of them. And, I mean, if Maryland wins against Michigan State, like, they're easily in it for me. But it's, like, we kind of saw some of their – I mean, and in the Michigan State game, we kind of saw their vulnerabilities get exposed. It's, like, if Jalen Smith picks up the fouls like he did in a tournament game in that Minnesota game, like, Maryland's toast. It's Mm -hmm. over. They're not not coming back against – no team is missing the free throws that Minnesota missed down the stretch in the tournament. Like, it's just not going to happen. So – I mean, that's kind of why I take Maryland out. Um, but keeping up with Kentucky, I just think that they're peaking at the right time right now. They are hot. They look awesome. Quickly's great. Richards is great. Tyrese Maxey is a top NBA pick. Higgins is locked down on defense. And it's it's an experienced Kentucky team. And something that I always talk about with um, teams do well in the NCAA tournament is experience. We've talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is not your typical Kentucky team, I think that they are really flying under the radar and playing with a little bit of chip on their shoulder because they're flying under the radar. And I think that this is just a team that I think probably ends up on the two line. And I think that they are going to have a lot. I mean, if they're, if they get the right path, it's like, I think that they're pretty much a lock to the final four. And then Kansas I think that they're the best team in the country right now you saw them struggle a little bit this weekend at Kansas State but it's kind of one of those throw the uh, records out type of games especially after the last meeting between those two teams Mm -hmm. with the fight and everything but they end up coming out with a win and great teams do that and then I have Dayton added for all the reasons that Brandon has constantly brought up I think that Toppin is awesome and Crutcher's great like it just they're just an awesome team right now I think and then for those same reasons that you know I love Top and I love Dayton and I also love Miles Powell and Seton Hall I think that March Madness NCAA tournament is very much a player driven uh success type deal I don't I worded <laughs> that really wrong but it's like your best players carry you and I think that Seton Hall and Dayton are teams that can get that, uh, you know, put the team on my back type uh, runs with Miles Powell and Obi Toppin. And I think, you know, like I keep on harping, in the right scenario, I think these four teams have the best chance to make the Final Four. And I think that Maryland's in contention. I think that there's a good chance we do see Maryland or Michigan State in the Final Four. I I think that both those teams have a good chance. I like Gonzaga, I think Baylor's good, and I also wouldn't be surprised if Duke got back into the conversation. So that's kind of the teams that I'm thinking of.
2: Mm. Lila, where are you standing after last week?
1: Um, so I actually, weirdly enough, am with all of my same picks of very similar to Jordan. Um, I've got Kansas, Seton Hall, Dayton, and Maryland. Um, I think that it's been a hiccup for Maryland this past week, and I have seen firsthand just how motivated his team is, and I know how Cowan wants to end his senior year, and I think he, he's got to break out of his slump. Um, I think Maryland knows. Does,
0: does Cowan have it in him, though? He, it's does. Like, he, he does. He does. He, he didn't last March. It's like. That, I, he was
1: such okay. He was such a different player last March. Like
0: He looks really completely- run down to me right now.
2: He, he's teams are, like, I, like I said on the weekly pod, Teams are being more physical with him. They're throwing big guys on him.
0: Ohio State kind of, like, set the, like, playbook for, like, how you can Mm -hmm. shut down Cowan. And we saw it again with Rocket Watts on Saturday. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm going to say. I think that um, Cowan is a completely different player than the player that – I mean, I watched – I was covered every single game he played last year. I covered most of the games the year before that. He's a completely different player in his decision-making – I think one thing we've seen over the past few games is he's really gone in to try and draw those fouls, and I think that that needs to stop they as been much. Him. Exactly, but not only that, but it's wearing on his body. And I think when you're on this run, he has so many different facets of his game. Yes, that's a great aspect of his game, but I think he's going to it too much. Um, and I think you know if he they can basically you know use him in different ways. Um, That they maybe were a bit earlier in the season, and he can kind of pick and choose those. I think he maybe wasn't making the smartest decisions over these last few games with that, and Mm -hmm. I think he just needs to kind of you know take a deep breath, relax, and I think you know he knows what's on the line. He he's wants us so bad. I really think that he's gonna lock back in. Um, I really do, and I just think this Maryland team is hungry, and um, I think there's something special about this team if they can lock back in uh, to their defensive principles and get back to where they were, which I think they can. I think that. You know, they're bound to have a up at some time, and I'd rather them have it, you know, when they just did than later down the line. So I think they kind of swept that out of the way now, and that now they can go on a run.
2: We'll see this week. Yeah, this is a huge week for them. Um, I think you know, a lot of us are keeping the same teams. Kansas and Dayton, they're until selection Sunday. I'm just going to throw them in there. Baylor, I'm not quitting on yet. They still have the resume. Really? They still have the resume. I mean, they still have the but resume in the me.
1: experience.
2: Yeah, they're they're a pretty. I mean, they're not like a tournament group, but they're not like a f- team of freshmen either. Like they're oh pretty, yeah, I just
1: meant tournament. Experience. Yeah,
2: they're a pretty um, like veteran team, and I think that like you said, I think like they got the hiccup out of the way, and like I said earlier in the show, I think they're gonna go two and zero this week. So I'm not quitting on them <coughs> yet. And that last spot, like last week, I was between Seton Hall and Duke, and I still I still certainly think those two teams are in contention for that. Like Jordan said, like I'm not totally out on Gonzaga either. They picked up a nice win over St. Mary's over the weekend, and we didn't really, t- you know, we didn't really touch on them. But I still kind of believe in Gonzaga a little bit. But I mean, Villanova was my buy team of the week, so I'll put them in the final four for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. So I got Kansas, Dayton, Baylor, and Villanova.
0: My issue with Baylor is it comes down to matchups again. Mm-hmm. Is like if they if they run into a four slash five seed of like Michigan State. I'm taking Michigan State. And I just think that, like, Baylor kind of needs... I think that they need, like, a a nice path to get there. I don't know if they could survive playing against a really good four seed in the Sweet 16.
1: Especially if it's a coach like Tom Izzo.
0: I just... I don't know if they have the pedigree.
2: I I I just think that this year, like they've actually beaten, they beat Villanova, who I you know I've supported. They beat Arizona, who was better in December. They've beaten Butler. Like they've picked up some solid non-conference wins.
0: Totally, they beat Kansas. And
2: and they won they won at Kansas. So like that's I mean I, I see what you're saying. Like, they won't. Their problem is they won't. Unlike Dayton, like they oftentimes don't have like the best player on the floor. Like Jared Butler's good and it's like a fringe NBA guy. But like this weekend, Desmond Bain on TCU was the best player in that game, and that's my biggest concern. Is that like they might not have the best player in a floor on the floor in a game, but I'm the rest of the roster has been so good and the resume so good, I'm willing to overlook that blip for one week. So,
1: all right, and that'll wrap it up for the week for us. Stay tuned for all of our coverage with to pseudo times coming up with the Rutgers games and all the games this week. We're going to be having some special stuff as we lead into the best time of year. Thank you guys for tuning in.